Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 419. Hi, Linz. Wow. We're getting up there. 419. We're impressive as a podcast, I have to say. Just in in sheer quantity. I don't know about quality, but quantity we (laughs) got it going on. (laughs) I could start uh, just putting uh, blank ones out there, just like... That seems a little bit like cheating. We do have, like, a line that we won't cross. <laughs> do we? Do we? Yeah, uh, but I, every day, though, I do th- I do think of... We're getting up... Like, I, I just keep looking at that magical 500 number and, like, God, that's so close, but yet so far away, but... I know. That is ultimately my goal. Um, after that, I don't really have any other goals but that one that I makes think, me excited and sad all at the same time it's, yeah it's very i mean that's very attainable i mean it would a little bit more than a year from now yeah 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 well, we'll, we'll but let's there. focus on this particular podcast back bring it back all right so in this one uh we talk about uh movies yes and comic books that's kind of, I mean, I guess that's kind of a given. We always talk about comic books. I reviewed uh, Billionaire Island number two. And I reviewed Victor Lavelle's Destroyer number one, kind of the series as a whole, but Which was good stuff. really, yeah, that was really good stuff. And Booze in a Book was uh, Bell vs. the Black Knight uh, one shot. Yep, and, yep, yep. And yeah. We just did our thing. We just did our thing this week, Tony. I mean, that's what we do. We do our thing. And our thing. We're, the we, we're the best we are at what we do. <laughs> we hang out. We much. Hang out with our wing out. Yep. Is that a thing? Is that a saying? <laughs> uh, we also, I think, uh, with uh, what the title is called, I, I'm so going to try to write a, a story of this because I think it would be great. Um, you definitely should. We, ex- we, ex- we, we come upon a concept that uh, I think... Very, I think is really smart. <laughs> I think it is as well. So, uh, in order to uh, understand what the hell we're talking about, uh, you just got to listen. So, grab a cold one and enjoy Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 419 Life Between the Pages. Cool. Yeah, this sounds much better. I'm glad we switched. Well, I'm, I'm glad that my, my voice uh, resonates uh, better in your earbuds. <laughs> Um, I think but I. You can see how gray I'm getting. Can you see that? Oh yes. I'm getting like a gray streak in my hair. Do you want me to cut this out? Because I am recording. No, I don't care. I think it's I, my goal is that it turns really white and I just look like rogue. Okay. I can, <laughs> I can see you going for that look. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna go from Miss Marvel to. Yeah. To rogue. <laughs> Why not? You gotta start trying to try to do the accent. Oh, the rogue accent? Yeah. So- I mean, southern, you gotta get southern real Bell. southern with it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I. I don't think I can. <laughs> you don't want to get into your southern roots. No, I don't have southern roots. <laughs> it's not in me. Well, I found something that's in me, my new calling in life. Oh, yeah? Yep, that is the the drunk DJ. The drunk DJ, hey? What does this entail? Uh, me getting drunk and DJing was pretty simple. <laughs> well, I understand the base concept of what a drunk DJ is, but, like, are you doing this online, or are you doing no, this no, in no. places? So, uh, pretty much uh, going to bonfires and stuff and hanging outdoors and with a bunch of my old friends from that you know I trust to hang out with and you know someone's always playing some music and then I ask them well let me see your phone and then I start playing uh some really cool old school 90s jams some hip-hop some R&B a little bit of everything aka some boy bands some Britney Spears and Robin and S Club Seven and 
and everyone loves it. Yeah. Like, I I get no complaints, and everyone's like, yeah, I haven't heard this jam in forever, so I pretty much have, like, the same, like, 30 songs, but with different groups, like, (laughs) I I keep playing them, and I'm like, everyone's like, this is the best list ever, and I'm like, yeah. So it's, I've been feeling pretty, uh, pretty good about that. My manhood, not so much, but, uh, I'll rock out, I'll rock out to some NSYNC. Yeah, I mean, uh, music doesn't make the man, right? A real man can accept that good music is good music. I may disagree with you on a couple of those, that they're actually good music, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, other other than that, uh, life is so weird in COVID world. And I don't even, like, I'm so sick of talking about it, but no one yeah. watches any of the shows because that's the only other thing I have too is watching TV shows and movies and without people to talk about that we talk about COVID and and I'm glad that I have you in my life still so we can talk about nerdy comic book stuff nerdy stuff although the amount of nerdy stuff is like it's such a decline right now but it's hard to find things. Oh. And a lot of the things that I find right now are like not fun things to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of uh, men getting fired right now for abhorrent behavior. Oh, yeah. And just the comics that are coming out, like for the longest time, I was like, why can I never find any X Men books? And now, like, I realized, oh, it's because they are purposely, like, Marvel has pretty much delayed a lot of stuff and stretched out what they had. Uh, Part of it, too, I think, is because they want, you know, retailers to be open for when they have their next big event with the swords and all that. But they were having X books come out, like, once a week. Now it's, like, maybe once a month. And... Yeah. I'm not getting my fix that I want to because I love everything Hickman. I know, and but it sucks because I fell off the X-Men, like, I fell off that ledge, right? Because, first of all, there were too many, so you had to kind of, like, pick and choose which ones you wanted to read. But then they stopped coming out, so now I'm like, I don't even remember what was going on. <laughs> I don't know which ones have come out. Do I even want, do I want to get them now, or do I want to wait till they just come out on a trade and read them all together? Like, it's a conundrum. That is, yeah, and that is true, because that might be a better way to go about it in a trade. It just so sucks that you don't know what's going on now. Right. Right. Uh, These poor poor imaginary characters' lives are on hold. (laughs) Tony, what have we got to say to them? (laughs) They're in purgatory. It's kind of actually. It sounds like a really great Deadpool comic book because you know they've done all those self-realization mm-hmm. ones where he takes down Marvel universe and then he takes down like the literary works. It'd be a really great Deadpool comic book to see him take on like the stall in the comic books industry due to COVID and what he's been doing with his life during this time. Uh, I was just thinking of it would be a good Black Mirror episode of a world in which. It, it only goes on if we read it and then if we uh, shut the page yeah. they are just they're, they're mentally still there but they can't move so imagine just being right. frozen until the next god uh-huh. opens the book to read us do you remember that episode they did where they cloned themselves or they didn't clone themselves but they cloned their mind and put it in like a an oh, assistant yeah yep yeah, I would imagine it'd be kind of like that. <laughs> that would be hell. Yeah, it sounds terrible. The same. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, um, I will say, before I get into some comic book reviews, uh, there's a show that I recently found that was surprisingly fun. And everything about it, like... All right, have you heard of The Floor is Lava? Yeah, we watched the first episode of it, and it was we we did not enjoy it. You I, enjoyed it though. No, well, I enjoyed it enough to where I want to go do that myself. Like, 
Yeah. Imagining, and so pretty much I watched them mainly for the different rooms and how they'd get across, and me thinking like from kid perspective, oh that would be easy going that route or that would. Not. I mean, there is a lot of the fluff of okay, this is one of those network game show type things where they give two shits less. I kind of just want to see what's happening. Yeah. But that the concept and that they made it a reality is kind of cool and genius. Like, I don't realize how they never did that before. I know. That was my question, is why is this just now a thing? <laughs> and then I also recently came across that uh, Ryan Reynolds show. Uh, it's called Don't... You Can't Do That or something? I can't okay. remember what it is. He, he uh, co-produces it. He doesn't... Uh, um, God, now I'm... He, is he remaking You Can't Do That on television? Do you remember that show? I do remember that show. This is not that. That was a okay. uh, sketch comedy uh, on Nickelodeon. Yeah, it was Canadian, wasn't it? Yeah, Canadian. Yeah. Um, no, this one is, like like I said, he's a executive producer, but he, since he's not a host or on it, but he has a lot of like things where he comes on and makes some quick jabs of everything. It's quite uh, funny, and as far as, like, uh, game shows and everything, pretty uh, entertaining in the sense of Ryan Reynolds is smart and realizes we don't need to hear all those fluffy, uh, you know, feel-good stories about the people. So he'll do it, Mm. but with his own twist of, like, making fun of them. Uh, That's good. Yeah. It's called Don't. It's just called Don't. Don't. Okay, yes. Yeah. And there's a lot of things that you're not, don't, you're not supposed to do and like don't don't do this is some of the i don't know watch that that. hosted by adam scott i love yes adam scott that's who it was and yeah this whole the whole thing is uh is great so those are that's my recommendation yeah not so much i mean i'd say i loved floors lava just because of thinking of the kid but yeah when i really think of it it wasn't you watch an episode Uh, they're kind of all the same. You you watch it and you're like, where the hell did they get these people from? Like that's really what it is. Is it's not even like the concept that I think was interesting. It's the contestants. I was just like, these guys are all assholes <laughs> or idiots. Like, yeah, <laughs> go for the exit. What are you doing? Um, I really like Holy Moly. That's my favorite um game show. Yeah, I feel though there needs to be more golfing and uh, seeing the random holes and less commentary because it oh, seems to I, drag I love on. The commentary. <laughs> Rob Riggle makes me laugh. He is one of my favorite <laughs> uh, people. He just has such a good delivery. Yeah, yeah. We um we watched Hamilton last night because it's on Disney Plus. The Hamilton stage show. Oh, don't spoil uh, it for me. Does he win or lose? It's really good. <laughs> you should watch it. It's very good. Josh watched it again this morning. Like, we watched, literally watched it last night, and he already rewatched it again this morning. Damn. Yes, I, I, I have a, a friend date to watch that this week, so. Nice. I'll get into that. Um. All right, so let's do some comic book reviews. I will start yeah. off with the one of two that I've read. The other one is Booze in a Book. Um, so, Billionaire Island number two uh, came out and from Ahoy Comics and haven't really seen a lot. Well, obviously when nothing was shipping, uh, they didn't have anything shipping then too, but also they've been a little bit slower uh, coming on out and it's been, I think, about three months since I reviewed number one. And if you think of it, it's the this world is, uh, you know, pretty much gone to shit. And there is an island where if you're rich enough, if you're a billionaire, you can, you know, go on to it and live a life of luxury. Uh, but not everything is as it seems. And so one of the big things in this gets a little bit more into um, as with all good stories you know there's that 
what everyone sees and then what's really going on behind the scenes and this one got a little bit more into it um, with one of our uh, characters Shelly who is pretty much investigating what's going on at Freedom Unlimited which that stands for FU Island so there's a lot of things within here it's I mean, I can't say it's complete satire, but it's there is a lot of things that are real feeling. Like, sure, not all billionaires are evil, Dr. Evil type, you know, having a base in a volcano type. But there's some things that, that hit close to home on here that the, the author really... Uh, I don't know, really gets into. This one starts off with uh, this quick story about this uh, illegal immigrant who stumbles upon a sexual predator. And, you know, and pretty much it just says, you know, what can you do when your very existence is a crime? Uh, you know, you keep, how do you stop that? So, of course, this guy kicks this guy's ass. And that was just a one thing to kind of add to this world of what we're getting into um i don't want to get into the politics of it all but i always love reading the are you sure are you sure you don't want to talk about politics on the podcast what do we got to lose <laughs> true but i uh maybe tried... our remaining five listeners <laughs> five five thousand uh probably yeah but uh you know he he gets into kind of his thoughts on writing this and some of the things that are going on um in the world in different political parties and it it really like i said this is a book that is very well done and thought out but also in the same sense uh scary that if the world did go to shit i could see them making this island where uh you have things such as, you know, Natural Selections Restaurant, where you can eat endangered and rare animals. Uh, the Invisible Hand Massage Parlor. Uh, you know, just small things that are in there. There's a, there was a poster for what looked like a movie uh, called Guns from the, from the uh, We Don't Give a Shit Studios or whatever. Like, just a small thing that's like, okay, uh, there's... Uh, a scene where a person's uh, getting fired because, uh, you know, they created an app called Middleman, pretty much taking away middle management, and the dude gets an alert on his uh, computer of, now staffed by Middleman, please see your advisor for details, and the dude's then getting let go while he has a coffee cup that says, I heart corporate. Like, the, everything is pretty much on point of what's going on, uh, I said I don't want to give too much away about everything, but um, we do see uh, our main two antagonists. Uh, is it antagonist? Protagonist? Good guys. You should know these things. Uh, <laughs> antagonist? No, protagonist. Yeah, right? protagonist. Yeah. 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 Uh, pretty much sneaking around, and they eventually get out of everything and reach the end of the island now where it goes from here don't know because it kind of just left on this cliffhanger but um again it's it's cool to see like i said some of the inner workings of this universe uh i'm glad i could read it so that these people could live uh now that i shut <laughs> now that i shut the book uh they're in limbo yeah fuck all those billionaires <laughs> Um, do you do you think that um, I mean, granted, most people are like the billionaires, the the very rich are like an easy target, right? Because there's only a couple of them, and there's a lot more of us. But do you think that because of where we live and who our area is affiliated with, that it kind of even hits closer to home because you can picture the particular people that I'm talking about engaging in these activities? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I mean, that was as, as as detailed as I feel like we we can get. But that was um, a, 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 who a, knows where we live can figure out who we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, that's an um, um. God, I can't even do it correctly. I want to 
take a Amazon, a ma- but say amazing, amazoning. Uh, that doesn't work. Nope, it's terrible. <laughs> I'll just stick to my reviews and not my uh, jokes. So, yeah. All right. Um, and then, of course, uh, with all Ahoy uh, comics, there's, uh, you know, the different uh, pros and the small stories and everything. This one uh, has a recipe for um, pretty much making a, a tea cake. So there's that as well. well. You should try it and report back. Okay, I will do that. Sounds amazing. <laughs> You've been given homework. Yeah, don't you, fail me, Tony. You realize even reading how to make something, I will not make that. Well, that's that's why it'll be fun. <laughs> For who? I'll be making a mess with a ton of different. I don't have half this stuff. I'll have to go to the store. Yeah. Yeah, send me the recipe. We'll both do it. You can make yours, and I'll make mine, yes. and we'll see whose turns out better. Yes, we will both do it. Um, <laughs> I just you just got to promise me I get to eat some of yours because I won't make any of my own. Yours ends up with, like, glass in it or something. <laughs> well, that reminds me of a bag, of, bag of glass. Do you ever remember that skit from SNL? No, I don't. Oh, you wasted that memory on me. I'm sorry. I, I did. <laughs> um, so I read this week uh, Victor Lavelle's Destroyer from Boom Studios. Um, this actually came out in 2000, 2017. So I'm still doing my homage to uh, comics that were written and drawn by black people. I said that really aggressively. I apologize. Um, <laughs> but this, so this book is really good. I'm actually going to sh- try and share my screen with you so you can see the art in it because it's okay. really good. Um, can you see it? Yep. So this is particularly the page I, this is the very first page of the comic book. Um, it, so this is a Frankenstein story, right? Um, but what it does is it takes the Frankenstein story and it doesn't, it doesn't really change it. So at the end of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, um, you know, they're in the Antarctic and, uh, the monster, the creation just kind of disappears. Um, so this kind of starts up where he's, you know, hanging out on the ice shelf. Um, the detail in this and this art is amazing to me and I couldn't believe that this was just like the first page but it starts with him I mean he's just chilling with the whales basically and uh, some whalers show up to kill the whales Uh, and he gets real angry about the whole thing because he's trying to save them and the violence in this is amazing I mean here you can see he just rips somebody's heart out through their back (laughs) Like he shoves his fist through their back and then you go to the next page a couple pages on and uh, he's like exploded their heads oh where did it go it's just great oh it's right here on the top She. this is cool because somebody's watching him through the binoculars so they added little panels that look like you're oh, looking at it that through is, binoculars that's pretty cool um, but he basically just smashes their heads with his so he's still like Frankenstein's monster, right? He still has the cognitive, the same level of cognition that the original story had, and the same brute strength. He just now has, like, a beard and long hair, um, and he's super-duper skinny, like he's been stuck in the middle of nowhere for forever. Um, but the this, this group of people, and I don't have to sh- uh, share it with you anymore, um, I just wanted you to see that first page. Okay. The, the, this group of... of I don't know the who are the people that show up to stop whalers. What is the name of that group? Do you remember who I'm talking about? What, like Ahab? Greenpeace. And... Oh, Greenpeace. Good thing Josh is here. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they find they find him and they bring him on the boat. And the daughter, you know, she's 
she's got a big heart she wants to save him so she decides she's gonna help him and they get to and she makes the mistake of showing him what's happened since he got marooned in antarctica through the internet (laughs) she makes the very bad mistake of showing him all this stuff that's happened uh he's not pleased (laughs) so he when they get to Leange, like he takes over the boat and crashes it into the docks and basically kills everybody on board even the girl that's trying to help him and like later they show him crossing the desert and a a group of immigrants are walking across like they come across him and they're walking across the desert with him because they think he's going to protect them and he gets to the wall and he smashes down the wall and kills all of them in the process so it's very much like uh showing that he's just he's motivated by this one thing he doesn't have like the sensibility to think that he needs to take care of other people like he's still just this monster i like well i you had me sold at the art but so far the story is sounding pretty badass as well it is really good and this is just half the story because the other half of the story is about this brilliant scientist whose son gets murdered by the police and she brings him back to life so she's like the new victor frankenstein right she's she's taken on his work and expanded it and brought her son back to life and made a body for him using nanobots and all this other stuff so there's this like combination of bringing back the old school frankenstein story and the new version of what that story would be today and kind of combining them into this book it's really, really uh, a very interesting um, concept. And being a mother myself, like, you hear the telling of it from a different way, right? Because in Frankenstein, you're like, well, this dude was just obsessed with death and bringing something back to life, and he was just a mad scientist. But the writer of this book was like, um, well, Mary Shelley wrote this after her, because her mom get, died giving birth to her, and then when Mary Shelley had her first baby, it died, she died as too. well. Yep. So she, they, he supposes that she wrote this book not because of an obsession with death, but an obsession with bringing back something you lost. Okay. So um, the writer of the, this book kind of focused more on that, where it wasn't like. I'm just a kooky mad scientist who wants to play God. It's like, I want to bring back something that's important to me. So it's a really interesting way to look at the story. It kind of changes it a little bit because you don't think about, I mean, the, the whole thing has always been like Frankenstein wasn't the monster. He, the scientist was the monster sort of situation, right? Cause he was playing God and mm-hmm. created this abomination and stuff like that. But it's just a really interesting look at the story, um, modernized, and then of course still focusing on the original story. So I, it's from Boom. It's six issues. It came out in 2017, so all the issues are out. So I would definitely um, recommend picking it up. Let me tell you who the creators are. To flip back to the first page here. Oh, the art is just so amazing, though. It's so detailed. Um, Victor Lavelle, writer, he's actually normally writes novels. He wrote, he does sci-fi, usually sci-fi and horror. Um, And then it's illustrated by Dietrich Smith. So very good combination, writing and art. Uh, You can read the whole thing now. Go go pick it up, check it out. Especially if you like horror and monster stories. I thought it was really good. Uh, That's mine. Did you ever read Walking Dead? I can't remember. No, not really. I mean, I think I've read issues here and there, and I've, you know, I have, but I haven't read the whole series. So, I am a little upset with myself of not realizing this uh, before picking up comics, but there's a new Walking Dead one-shot that came out called Negan Lives. Yeah. And, That's what I heard. and I'm like, how did I not know about any of this? Like, and pretty much uh, every all the research finding out, it was again one of those things that I mean, maybe it was sent a long time ago, and just with all of nothingness going on, 
didn't realize they were doing this, but we've always been told uh, by Robert that, you know, he's done with Negan's stories. He's not going to tell anymore. But, of course, the fucker lies about everything anyways. So here comes another story. And I did not get to read this yet. So this for sure is going to be a review come next week because... That universe is so great, and I still love what Kirkman did when he ended it all, and I'm glad that we have another, you know, visit to this world. I don't even know where, like, this is taking place. Like, obviously, we already saw what happened when Maggie went to go visit him, and he was kind of at peace and, and everything, and that was the last we saw of him. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, I'm just more or less frustrated that... I didn't get it this week. <laughs> um, the only thought thing I saw for the... I mean, besides that, of course, alongside that is a bunch of articles on how Kirkman says originally he had Meg killing Negan. And, but, and then he changed it. it uh, I, how how hmm. do you think the story would have been different if instead of leaving Negan in peace, Maggie would have just killed him? I don't think it would have been satisfying. Like, you yeah. feel like he deserves it, and you'd feel like she should be the one to do it with after um, uh, everything that, that Negan's done. But I, there goes then a non, like, uh, character arc. Like, we've seen his character arc change, and I guess sometimes, you know, not everything has to have a happy ending, and it would have been tragic but it would have been understandable but i think this letting him live is a, almost a little bit more surprise like you really thought she she would kill him and that she kind of forgave him uh was just great and especially because there was that uh i forget what it was called but he uh maybe it was three years ago uh made a negan backstory like short story uh that he had running in the back, I think, a couple of issues, and then it was all collected, and that's when I read it. But pretty much kind of where you understand who Lucille is and, like, how he became who he was. Um, he wasn't always an asshole. He was just a terrible gym teacher. And, uh, I don't know. Negan's uh, such a complex character. I'm glad that he's still alive in that world. But don't forget, we got to read to yeah. make them be alive. characters like that that they don't like I'm glad he didn't do what the thing that most people would expect him to do by killing him off yeah I mean some you're right characters do have to have arcs sometimes and sometimes bad guys have to live to make things interesting I guess yep and sometimes oh. the person with the best story becomes king but not always yeah yep I can't I am sure. I'm I am no <laughs> uh so my my hatred for for Dean or not D and D for uh, well D and oh, Dumb and Dumber. That's where you're going with this. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, so uh, I, I hate I, Derek for bringing this back up in you. Yep, yep. <laughs> that is where I was going with that. So uh, former uh, co-host Derek uh, was getting into Game of Thrones, and I wanted to warn him, but I was like, I'm not going to. And seeing his posts of like, this is pretty good. I'm like, yep, you're still on the first couple seasons. That's how I felt. And then finally when he made a post, well, that was an ending. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, God damn it. Tony's going to want to talk about this again. <laughs> Just when I thought we were out. God, I hate that. you back in. I hate that so much. Oh, they ruined... <laughs> I mean, it's worse than what Star Wars has done. No. Ish, maybe a little bit less, more invested in Star Wars, I guess, than Game of Thrones. But, uh, but yeah. So you will, yeah, you will hear a bunch more from me in the coming weeks. In fact, you I might should just get together and like do a podcast. Oh, that's what like I th I plan on yeah. just recording. Bitch, okay, bitch Fest 2020. Because <laughs> I don't want to be a 
part of that conversation, but I would love to hear you two bitch about it. <laughs> um, so, uh, men. You're like the old men from the Muppets. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be like the two old men from the Muppets talking about Game of Thrones. That's exactly. Spoilers, everyone who's going to listen to that podcast. This is exactly what it's going to sound like. <laughs> it's the two old men from the Muppets talking about Game of Thrones. <laughs> I can totally picture us now. Yep. I think That's what we, it is. I think we got our Halloween costumes. <laughs> oh, um. So there is a lot of things that were trending. Uh, last week that I still want to bring up uh, that's one thing in particular is a little controversial and want to get your take on it but as uh, some people uh, have started to realize uh, there's a lot of injustices in the world and uh, more so for certain races than others and depictions of those races uh can be very uh not cool i mean uh ultimately blackface uh when it comes to uh anything tv related or movie related and uh i do think there is a distinction of portraying like any form of entertainment is art you could kind of you know say that and there's i'm not saying blackface is ever good because it's not but there is um, there is a historical aspect of some of it, but obviously with with new age uh, TV shows that's not needed. So uh, one of which The Office uh, had a blackface joke uh, on their Hall- one of their Halloween episodes that they've now taken that clip out, and I think I think for that sure you know it was uh, a joke. But again, we don't need to be joking about things. But then, uh, and then the Golden Girls had some things with Confederate flags and everything. But the one that uh, I have, I've seen a lot of people come to the defense of is uh, on Community. Have you ever watched Community? Uh-huh. So the, the episode of Advanced Dungeons & Dragons, which is one of the most loved by fans, um, what we have is... Uh, um, Kim Jong's uh, character shows up as a dark elf, a drow. Uh, they are pretty much alabaster black skinned uh, elves. And uh-huh. there is, you know, because he's getting in the character and everything, there was, uh, you know, the everyone else saying, you know, you can't do that, you're in blackface. But he's like, but I'm not, I'm just a character. So where is the line for. I don't know. I I don't know really where I'm going with this, but again, it goes back to like Tropic Thunder as well. Like Robert Downey Jr. was doing it in a way that wasn't to do blackface for the laughs. Am I making sense? Yeah, no, and that's exact. So, so that's a good example. And there's also been episodes of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, right, where they did it, and everyone knew what they were trying to do, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't like... It's the context. It, they weren't trying to get away with something. They were trying to basically point out, like, this, like, white people are ridiculous. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, honestly. Um, and I think that it's, it's a tough subject for you and I to talk about because we don't have we don't have historical context to be offended, right? Yeah, so, and that's where I, like, I feel bad even talking about it, but there's, because I have no real right to say one way or another, but right. it's it's been interesting that that is uh, something that we are now discussing, which I think we should have had these discussions years ago. Right. My concern, and again, my opinion almost matters 0% on this, because it's not... It's not something that, um, I, I, like, I have a stake in it as a human person and wanting everybody to be comfortable and treat, treated the same way and stuff like that. But um, I think there is something to be said about learning from the past, right? And that way 
we can see what offends people and not do it in the future. And if you just take all of those instances away and erase them, it's not going to give us anything to learn from. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, if something's hyper offensive, like, I don't fucking get rid of it. I don't care. But the more nuanced ones that may not be offensive, such as the Tropic Thunder one. And again, maybe it is offensive. And I don't and I just don't know my my thoughts on it were that it wasn't because I did not hear any sort of outrage or anything when that movie came out same Mm -hmm. with it's always sunny in Philadelphia I hadn't heard anything from anybody about that being offensive because of the way they were done so I think that it's a not up to me to make those decisions and b not up to me to like be offended or not offended by those I think it's up to me to listen to the people who have a right to be offended and if they find it offensive then that's what we go with right yeah <laughs> so I mean my concern would be that a lot of white people are making these decisions and kind of trying to like get ahead of the game mm-hmm. and by by erasing all of these things instead of opening up a dialogue that says you know here's this version of this and this version of this you know, are both of these offenses, is one of them offensive? Why is this one offensive? Why isn't this one offensive? Like, and, and having that discussion rather than just being like, it's all gone. We're not going to talk about it. It's just never happened. Yeah. And that's when people, that's when humanity gets into trouble. You have to talk about things. <laughs> I mean, you have to talk about them. Yep. Or else it's, the problems are never going to get fixed. So it's, yeah, it's, Blackface is troubling. Like, it's a terrible... Like, I don't even understand why there's people out there who don't understand that it's troubling. Um, but I think it, we have to have those tough discussions or else... Well, I... Like, I will say... Uh, I mean, I'm big into D&D, and uh, the books that I really fell in love with uh, what, uh, in the Forgotten Realms setting uh, with Dritz, who is a dark elf, and... Uh-huh. I saw uh, for a picture uh, like last year at a Renaissance festival of this person who, at a Renaissance festival, dressed up as like full head to toe, just pitch black, dark. He was uh, a character from from the books uh, named right. Jarlaxle. Looked so great. Um, and again, I. I am not one to make the call on it or not, but I, I look at that as that's art. Like, if you can be blue skinned, green skinned, I don't see that's not well, just he's doing. Not, he's not dressing up as a black person. Yeah. Right? He's dressing up as a elf creature yeah. from yeah. D&D. A dark elf. Um, Which then but... goes back to the community thing being pulled, I don't think was the right decision. Yeah. In the context of it all. Right. But again, with the caveat, like, that's not really our place to decide whether it's offensive. Yeah. And, and I agree. I mean, there is a difference. And it's almost like making this blanket statement that, like, we just assume that black people are offended by this. Do we know? Has anybody asked? <laughs> or are we just pulling this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Are we just making assumptions? Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. Um. But again, it's one of those things where, like, may- maybe more open conversations about all of this stuff would, I know, would be the better way to go. And that's the whole point of why I brought this up: open discussion. <laughs> I knew I'd, I'd find a you know, point. Point to everyone listening is Tony and I are two very white people who can only just make guesses about, you know, things in the world that we don't have to deal with. So. But we're, we're both very liberal, open-minded people, so we try. <laughs> yes. Um, so, one of the things that I know a lot of people are in agreement of, uh, yeah, let's not go to the movies. Uh, I, yeah. I, I, as already bringing up earlier, I fucking love entertainment. I love movies, TV shows. I love getting you know immersed into things. But I have no wanting to go to a place that could catch whatever's going around. Uh, whether you think it's you know fatal or not, there are still people that are dying from it, and it's still real. And why risk that for a two-hour entertainment right. flick? 
Now, granted, I really am interested in this Tenant movie because it seems badass and visually stunning, but that keeps getting pushed back a couple weeks and then a couple weeks, all because Nolan wants to be the first to have, like, a major movie coming back. It's like, start reading the room, dude. Like, I don't think movie yeah. theaters are really going to be opening this summer. And with that, just do like Disney has done or Marvel has done and just be like, we're just fucking doing it next year. Like, have it, like, stop pushing this out because not only that, but then Mulan, those Tenet and Mulan are the two big ones that they keep trying to push uh, this early release of whenever it is. Um, I know Bill and Ted uh, also got pushed back two weeks, but I just wish they'd kind of be like, let's just throw a dart at a calendar and be like, that's going to be the new date uh, six months down the road. Because I, I don't... Or release them online for like $25. I don't understand what the... what the, Like, I get, I get that a movie like Tenet probably needs to be seen on the big screen. Yeah. Just having seen the trailers for it. Um, but like, if you're looking at like Mulan or Bill and Ted or any of those... I mean, even Tenet, honestly. Like... As trolls <laughs> showed, <laughs> you can make a shit ton of money by releasing it uh, and charging twenty twenty five dollars for it, and people buying it. Well, now. not only that, like, do they think? Okay, let's say in a normal world, um, for this uh, pandemic, yeah, Tenet would probably have brought in a good, you know, seven hundred million to a billion dollars, probably normal times. Uh, with the not normal times right now, people like you and me who would definitely go see this like when it comes out, we're not going to. And we're not just the only ones. Many Americans, many people in the world. So let's say you have somehow the best luck to have 50% of people going. You're still not making as much money as you would have. Right. So risk people going or have people talking about it and yeah, stream it online. Like, I I do think that some studios need to start making some decisions uh, in that kind of realm, uh-huh. and mainly so that I can watch some new entertainment because I'm getting sick of yeah. the same old stuff. But well, you know what's you know what's new and not new all at the same time coming for your entertainment. What uh, the Beavis and Butthead reboot. Yes, uh, I'm very interested in how that's going to go about because there's not really music videos anymore. I know that people still make music videos because it's it's a thing and they'll release them on YouTube, uh, but it's really not a thing anymore. Some, and I always, whenever I watch that show, because half the time I didn't care about music when I was younger, I just thought the dick and fart jokes were funny. I love just seeing the Beavis and Butthead when they're at school or doing anything else. Uh, that's why I really loved the movie, because it was just them being their characters. So I'm curious how this uh, this will work out. Yeah. Well, I know, so Mike Judge, right, is doing it, which is good, because if it was anybody else but him, I can't, you can't guarantee that it would be any good. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to be on Comedy Central. So I don't know if they're even going to focus on music videos or if they're going to have that aspect into it. It says that they're showcasing them in like a whole new Gen Z world. So I don't know if this means they're going to be watching like YouTube videos (laughs) or shit like that. Um, But I think it'll be interesting and something we all could use right now is a little Beavis and Butthead in our lives. My fear is that we're going to get a whole new generation of high school boys who are trying to sound like Beavis and Butthead. I thought that I was done with that part of my life. (laughs) Keep me for my bungle. And I'm having waking nightmares about it all coming back. But (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's also a... Do you play Fallout? Yes. So there's a Fallout TV show that's coming out. Um, I think it's on Amazon, and it's by the creators of Westworld. Yes, I'm very excited, but also always hesitant when it comes to video games adapting into 
uh, live action type uh, or even cartoon like anything that's when it's a video game it's for some reason people just fuck up the way that it should be presented um, when you're right. playing it and but with the creators of Westworld it, it's got me a lot more hopeful I mean pretty much this is going to be a post-apocalyptic post-apocalyptic world I don't think I said apocalyptic. that apocalyptic yes apocalyptic <laughs> apocalypse or however you say it in Krakoa uh, and uh, I mean it pretty much that's been done millions of times but not with some of the creatures that they have within the the games that have uh and just the sinister uh you know reasons behind some of the shelters and everything and the the science and uh i think it's, it could be really good as long as they truly get to um explore the world and what my fear is is they're not going to get too much into the mystery until towards the end. And then if it's only one season, you don't get that payoff uh, because obviously they don't want to just show all their cards right away and say, this is the secret behind everything that's going on. But I'm really looking forward to this and I think it could be good. Um, I think so. And I think a lot of times we get these video game adaptations in movie form, right? So we get, two hours for a storyline that oftentimes we played a video game for like 50 hours to mm -hmm. get through right so they try to smush it and sometimes it's a franchise so they smush multiple games i'm thinking of doom here into one <laughs> two-hour movie uh, but the fact that it's a tv series might make get a little bit better if they do a good job and it doesn't get canceled i yeah, guess it's funny the caveat there i almost wish everything was tv series like i know I mean, longer, more, I mean, longer, yeah. bigger, better. Uh, yeah, uh, I could deal with that for almost anything, really. I'm just, like, thinking, like, again, Watchmen. Uh, if that was just a movie, that would suck. They wouldn't be able to fit all that in. But that it was right. a series, holy hell, that's uh, amazing. Of course, that's I know. Cool. We're at a crossroads with the Watchmen right now, too, right? Because David Lindelof was like, you guys can keep going. I don't care. Mm -hmm. But then but then everybody else was like, we don't want it if it's not from you. So, I, I mean, I don't know how I feel about it. I feel like there are people who could take over, and it would probably still be good. But how do you take over such a vision of a story? Yeah, and that, again, that's that one world? of those things of, I actually feel like I don't need to go back in that world. I want to. There's a want. Yeah. But the need isn't there. Just like, I guess, when they first were announcing it, I didn't want it either. But then after watching the first episode, I'm like, I need more. Right. Yeah, I know. They did a good job of subverting expectations. <laughs> yes. Unlike some other idiots <laughs> that tried to do that. Uh, so, uh, for people who have not read any news, uh, us Americans are under quarantine from the rest of the world where the rest of the world is not allowing us to fly on in in fact yeah. uh i've read stories of legit people not being allowed to get off their plane uh they just thought oh i you know they're just talking about it there's no way they won't let me land in my destination and they're like no you're not coming into our country and with that causes lots of problems uh, because we are a global economy and when you're doing filming and and everything in collaborations you kind of need to go to other countries um, New Zealand is opening up their doors to and this is mainly the EU uh, New Zealand still has strict uh, restrictions as it is but they are uh, permitting Cowboy Bebop uh, as well as uh, some other things that are being filmed there such as the Lord of the Rings uh, uh, shows to resume filming uh, however uh, there's other places in the EU that they are trying to get uh, special permits to allow uh, American productions to go over there to resume um, filming I can't remember what it was over that they were doing 
I think it was uh, a Marvel movie that they were trying. I think it might be uh, Shang-Chi. Thor? No, I, I don't think that's even started. Uh, I think that's still in pre-production. You know, Taika's from New Zealand. So, well, that's you know, well, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the New Zealand stuff is separate from the EU uh, mm. band that's kind of going on right now. So, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting if that then starts mucking up the waters of when we get new uh, TV shows because entertainment's going to be uh, going. Oh, that's uh, okay. That's what is Dune. Uh, has been filming uh, in Hungary. And so they're trying to say, hey, this is, I mean, Dune's going to be a huge movie when it comes out, just with the lore and everything uh, behind it, if they do it well, which it sounds like from all the things I've been reading about the movie is going to do well, but that's if they can actually make it. And uh, they're trying to get the EU to give some exemptions on the travel ban so it's interesting this uh post-covid world or yeah it's well so i know new zealand bring it i just i love new zealand i'm in love with new zealand right now and i'm in love with their prime minister because i just think that she's an amazing person so i just looked up their cases and they've had the whole time 1,533 cases total and 22 deaths from wow. COVID. That's like less than Grand Rapids, Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> For a whole country. I know it's a small country, but it's, you know, I mean, I could see why some of these countries are like, you know what? No, we're good in America. <laughs> we'll let you work your shit out. We can come back together when you figured it out. Uh, it's not, you haven't yet. So, you know, maybe later. <laughs> we're on a break. So, uh, you're going to yell at me for toy things. Oh. Did you buy toys? No, not yet, but I almost did the other okay. day, to tell you the truth. Uh, okay. But I'm like, I don't need to do nope. that. Uh, so, IDW uh, and Hasbro, I mean, they're pretty much the same, uh, is coming out with a, uh, to celebrate the 35th anniversary of Back to the Future, um, are creating a uh, comic tie-in introducing a DeLorean uh, Transformer mm. and they have a toy and it looks badass like I want a, a, a DeLorean that's a Transformer this isn't the first time they've done this is it? it I feel like we've talked about this no we, uh, we talked about the Ghostbusters Ecto-1. Oh, okay. Which that one I wanted to, but I didn't get, but I I feel a little more love with uh, Back to the Future. Well, put it on your Christmas list, and maybe if you're good, Santa will bring it for you for Christmas. (laughs) But what if it sells out? Oh, I mean, you know, then life will go on. <laughs> but it won't, Linz, it won't. Then you have to go back in time, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I think of every time <laughs> that's said? Is Gotta go Derek... back in time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep. Now, that is a cool idea, though. It does look like... Um, an old school transformer where you literally only have to move like three things in order to transform it, which I appreciate <laughs> uh, <laughs> the simplicity of. <laughs> I mean, it just it looks it looks nice um, in the DeLorean form. I guess the robot form is a little bit wanting, but it does have the flux capacitor right there in its chest, so that's kind of cool. I mean, that's all you really need, right? It doesn't yeah. need to look pretty. It's a transformer. It's a robot. It looks like a robot. That's all you need it to do is look like a robot. <laughs> <laughs> it's from the 80s, the car, so it would make sense that the robot would also look like it's from the 80s. True, true. Um, yeah, do you have anything else? 
not really. There was a video game um, article that came out. Did you ever play Left for Dead? The game Left for Dead. Yes. Zombies. So they did two Left for Deads, and it's a Valve game, right? So that's as high as Valve can count. Is two. Sometimes they make it to 2.5. Um, so there's only been two Left 4 Dead games, and people have been wanting another one because they're so good. Um, but the creators of Left 4 Dead have are coming out with a new game called Back for Blood, and the it's four just like in Left 4 Dead. It's Back for Blood. Um, they say it's not a sequel or or anything or tied into Left 4 Dead at all, but it is almost the exact same game where it's zombies and survivors trying to escape the zombies and the different types of zombies that are in the game and stuff like that. So I'm excited because even though this isn't an actual sequel to Left 4 Dead, I think it's the best we're ever going to get. And the fact that it's not coming out through Valve is also very exciting because that means if it's good, we'll get more than two. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, the last thing that I um, have is uh, we've talked about it before, the Comic-Con at home that they've been kind of planning. And pretty much it's just going to be a lot of online um, webinars and stuff and announcements, kind of like a Comic-Con. And uh, seeing uh, Disney's uh, slate, there is a... Uh, documentary that they're going to be having coming out on Disney Plus called uh, Marvel 616 that's going to kind of explore uh, kind of the pop culture that they've had as well as the creating of, of certain characters and comics and how they came all about and like it'll be a really cool behind the scenes type thing and that's one that I'm looking forward to that that's going to be on July 23rd so all these are kind of going on the last uh, week of July. Yeah. And there's probably next week we can uh, do an announcement of kind of... I saw I saw a listing of things and I was like... It was just too massive to, to explore. Like, I feel like a normal Comic-Con, I mean, you kind of know the panels, but I feel like there's way more panels, quotation marks, because everything is going to pretty much be a at-home panel for this thing. Well, yeah, and when we, we, you know, talk about any Comic-Con, but specifically San Diego Comic-Con, like, when we talk about the panels, we talk about the big ones, right, the Hall H panels and stuff like that. There's thousands of panels that occur at San Diego Comic-Con that are just smaller, you know, half-an-hour panels that are, are in smaller rooms and stuff like that, so... If you're putting it all online, you got to list all those. That's a lot. Yep. <laughs> it's a lot of stuff to go through. Um, yeah, well, maybe we'll try and do our homework for next week. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, list out some of the more interesting stuff, at least that we think is interesting. It It's very likely that nobody else would find it interesting except us but that's all that matters Tony is whether we find it interesting or not yes you and me we're in this together till the end yep (laughs) just talking our nerdage into a microphone and putting it out in the world and watching it grow into the mature young podcast that it is maybe it will have little podcasts of its own and maybe it could grow up into a, a the TV uh, YouTube hosting gig I don't know I was going to say, Shop, or drawn in comic like, books again. Uh, Blue Apron or something. <laughs> no, remember, we can't. Uh, Netflix is our <laughs> number one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. We're holding out hope. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, booze in a book this week is uh, Bell versus the Black Knight. Uh, this is a one shot from Xenoscope and. As I say every time, Beauty and the Beast has always been my favorite 
of all kind of fairy tale stories and so and I also always say Xenoscope has some very well drawn uh, figures and uh, pretty much but beyond just the you know the TNA and everything Xenoscope has really well written stories and so far uh, like I said this is just a one shot there's been two six part I think one of them might have been seven or eight part but two series so far and that's one of the things that I like about Xenoscope is that they have their story arcs for the different uh, female leads uh, usually um, within the books too sometimes gender bent obviously Belle is a woman from what we know in, in this but a secret monster hunter so uh, this was uh, fun pitting her up uh, against uh, the Black Knight another um pretty much uh heroine within the xenoscope uh grim uh world and uh gonna pair this the I, what, I, what? Ooh, the black knight is a lady yes nice i love it and uh i'm just gonna pair this just because uh it's so damn tasty and like i said this was a one shot and you can easily do the shot of tequila rose Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, you don't, you don't you don't like the tequila you, rose? Uh, cream tequila sounds like my stomach might revolt upon consumption, but you know, I've heard that people enjoy it. <laughs> I mean, it's it's tequila with cream. Mm. Yeah. Well, I more strawberryish type flavoring, but yeah, strawberry cream. <laughs> I guess it's a very good pairing for for Belle, right? Because yeah. Rose, yeah, uh, and also tequila is <laughs> you don't mess around with that shit. Because <laughs> yeah. you have that, and you'll have a black night, blacked out there night. You go. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. Sold. All right. All right. Well, with that, uh. I don't even know what to look forward to next week. I don't know. Um, a decrease in the temperature? Fuck, we need that. Stay thirsty yep. for uh, rain. There we go. Perfect. <laughs>